On 11-16 SEM, the Four Diegos. Welcome amigos, this is the Four Diegos, 11-16 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. I'm Carlos Alberto Diego. With me tonight is Vinny Venezuela and Warren Diego. Thank you very much to Mark Fine and the boys in the Wonder Years, Stephen Mills and Troy Zantuck. Uh, Vinny Venezuela, it was a romance of the, or should I say romance, <laughs> of the FFA Cup tonight. Indeed, exciting, exciting times. So it was fantastic, wasn't it? Yeah, it was good. Adelaide were good for the win today. They yeah. were plucky. They came back from a sort of... They're under the pump in the second half a bit, but they yeah. they owned I, it in the I just really, extra time. I just really enjoyed tonight's uh, games and the way the Fox Sports covered it. And Warren, uh, I know that you had to leave home before the end of the Adelaide game. You know yep. that uh, Sydney won that 5-1. Yeah, that? I do. <laughs> it was one all in about the 116 minutes. Yeah, and they yeah. went yes, um, you're lucky I'm here, Carlos, after the greatest example of I'm radio lucky. larceny in the history of radio. I'm lucky that you're you here. You are lucky because yeah. there would have only been two of you. But anyway, we'll... We'll leave that for another day. But uh, the FFA Cup was on tonight, yes, Carlos. Yes, the results. You're, you're the well, results man. Well, quarterfinals. So by, the, by the way, just for those people yep. out there who are uh, listening to the Diego's and knowing the, the dulcet tones of Rodrigo Rodrigo, Rodrigo Rodriguez, normally hosting the show, he's out ill tonight. Yes. He's not omitted like we omit Warren every From now and From time again. to time. Yes. Anyway, the FFA Cup results. Well, quarterfinal games tonight, and there were some really interesting games. I mean... Lots of, uh, a couple of A-League-only clashes, a mixed clash between A-League and State-League opposition and two State-League teams playing. Adelaide United 2 defeated Sydney FC 1. Sanchez and McGowan scored the winner in the 114th minute at Cooper Stadium. They won in extra time. The All... The all who, scored for, who scored for Sydney? Oh, Ryan Grant, I think, was his only fourth goal in 80 appearances nice or something. Goal. What the a bearded cracker. man. What a cracker. If you've got Google close by, mm. <laughs> please Google Ryan Grant's goal mm. tonight against Adelaide yep. at Cooper Stadium. It is a goal that you don't want to miss. Yeah, it's a fantastic And look, goal. he's a really good player yeah. who needs to be given more opportunity. And I he think. needs a shaver too because he he's does. too old to have that Ned yep. Kelly The beard. bum fluff thing. Yeah, yep. absolutely. You know, it's happened all too often where keepers are being caught out off their line and I think that yep. the, uh, the instruction now needs to be Listen, just stay on the line. We'll tell you when to go off the line because Eugene got caught out again and he's too good for that. Apparently, he's the, too ha- good for the that. halftime camera in Graham Arnold's uh, you know, shed, in the shed, yep. he got the whiteboard. He just says, shoot from downtown because Eugene likes to go wandering at yes. different times. But anyway, Adelaide won 2 1 after extra time. Yeah, and the All State League clash, Heidelberg United with uh, Dean Heffernan. NPL, the... NPL, not oh, State sorry. League. Sorry, well, but. It's not but state league. D- but Dean Heffernan, who was a journeyman in the A-League competition. No. Not him. It's not him. It's Dan Heffernan. <laughs> oh, Dan. He's from Shepparton. Oh. He's from Shepparton. He's not is the he same Shep? guy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, the guys can play up there. I grew up near there. And he's been, and by the way, I mean... 26 seconds, the fastest goal <laughs> in FFA history, which isn't really a big, and long history, but anyway. Shop window football is sort of uh, paying off for him. Yes. Well, yep. he's been given... Apparently, he's, he had a contract, a Central Coast Mariners contract in his sock. 
Yes. <laughs> and, and they're apparently ready to sign at any time. And uh, after 26 seconds, no one will ever beat that, by the way. No, no they one, won't. No one will score is a, a faster fair goal in the FFA Cup ever. It is a fair hit. And, Damien um, Murray might come out of retirement <laughs> to try those. <laughs> That's true, yeah. And Atiu, Atiu, he scored in the 87th minute. Now, Mark Rudan, who was beaten on the, he was beaten by Sydney FC last season as he tries to climb the coaching ladder <laughs> and get off the couch from Foxtel. Yeah. Is he finished now? I think he, I, that's the end of his career. <laughs> He's probably finished. Yeah. Uh, zero. So Heidelberg are going through to the to the semi-finals, and they could last be last eight. Last eight. Last eight. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Perth Glory won. Chris Harold scored in the hundred and sixteenth minute. Extra time against Lions FC in Brisbane at Perry Park. They played with ten men. Ten for, men for what? Uh, what over a hundred? Yep. Uh, like long, long time. Long time. Long time. One hundred thirteen minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Long. A long time. Long, long time. time. Yes. And here's the result. <laughs> Because this is a beautiful set of figures, <laughs> can I say? And I'm not going to go off early because I did lose yeah. about four dozen bottles of wine yes. to Vinny last season. But uh, yes. listen to this because I yes. will read out the names because this is the most beautiful set of goal-scoring numbers you've ever seen. Melbourne FC 5 defeated Wellington Phoenix 1. But importantly, listen to this. Moy, Novello, Fornelli. Fornarelli. Oh, whatever. He's the new Uruguayan <laughs> lucky, bloke. Lucky yeah, Melbourne yeah. City boy. Yeah. And then Robert Corrin. Yes. As well as Wade Decker. Don't know yeah. much about Wade. He's but, a young kid. But those other boys, that is just a beautiful set of numbers. And Roy Krishna, who was a star last season, he scored a penalty in the 34th minute. But that's a shellacking by Melbourne City. So fantastic stuff. I don't know if anyone understood those results at all. You got so much wrong in the whole results. But <laughs> a few we, games we, tomorrow night too. Heidelberg, Perth and Melbourne City won yep. tonight and in we've the got, Cup. We'll have another... NPL team go through. I think there's at least one game to uh, next week. Next week that um, is an all Hume. NPL clash. Hume, no, Hume. Uh, I'm not sure about the, the fixtures, but Hume and Oakley and Melbourne Victory are the yep. ones we're interested in. Yeah, next correct. Week. So there you go. Yeah, we'll uh, obviously talk more about the FFA Cup in a minute. We'll also have got a special guest coming from the Heidelberg Change Room. Stephen Pace coming up very very soon. Now, Vinny Venezuela. Before we go to Stevie Pace and yes. talk about the win, yes, he's he's on the Spumanti now. Yeah, <laughs> celebrating. Won't be long, Steve. We've got a hot topic for tonight. We have indeed. We all love a journeyman. It's fair to say in the world game, we love a journeyman and, and probably our, our and a misfit. We love a journeyman <laughs> when he's a misfit. And our favourite misfit slash journeyman is, of course, Mario Balotelli, mm-hmm. who's about to be handballed to live, uh, from Liverpool over to AC Milan. And so the contract's almost ready to be signed. Now, with Mario Balotelli, according to the, the contract with AC Milan, they put in all these things that he can't do. And so they include that uh, he can't damage the image of the, of the club uh, on his Twitter, Facebook or Instagram posts. So they'll all be closely monitored. He'll be banned from extravagant haircuts. <laughs> no more s- fancy haircuts yeah. for Mario. Extravagant clothing. He's not allowed that either. He's banned from smoking. He's banned from visiting nightclubs. <laughs> and he must turn up on time for training. Yep. And his drinking will also be limited. So mm. they're all the things yep. that Super Mario... But we know, we know he's got to stuff up. <laughs> but we need to give him nature. some creative yep. ways to stuff up, don't we, Vinny? Yep. So it's, it's all, tonight's hot topic is loopholes for Mario. <laughs> what can Mario do to get around those contract, that very tight contract, which affords him no freedom to be Mario? So ha- help Mario be Mario. Let us know your tips. What can he do?
Fireworks in a bathroom weren't mentioned specifically there, no, so that's an option. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen is the hot topic text message number. And of course, you can give us a ring on nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Especially if you went to see Melbourne City tonight and you want to brag about how good they're going to be, Heidelberg United fans would want to get on and have a chat too. And uh, if you're from interstate and you want to talk about how you were robbed, let us know. And give us a ring, 94291116. Now it's time to go over to speak to one of the winners today at the Olympic Village for Heidelberg United, young Stephen Pace. Uh, good evening to you, Steve. Uh, good evening, guys. How are you? How are you, mate? It's Carlos. It's uh, Vinny and Warren. You are now in the last date of the FFA Cup. Uh, you're on a fantastic cup run. Tonight was quite comprehensive, even though we only got the highlights, Steve. Uh, tell us how the boys are feeling at the moment in the change rooms. Oh, look, a lot of them are still hanging around with a drink in their hands. So, uh, <laughs> I can, you know, you could imagine uh, the great feeling to uh, yeah, make it through the final eight, obviously. So, um, Now, Steve, uh, Warren here. I'm just wondering, is there a Mario Balotelli equivalent <laughs> within the Heidelberg change rooms in terms of uh, somewhere where you have to nail down aspects of the contract that he can't do rather than what he can do? No, nah, not really, to be honest with you. Um, uh, none of our boys have that much flair, I don't think. Um, and, and especially with me, now, for worry about extravagant hair. Uh, hair <laughs> Very good. And Steve, uh, in terms of the game tonight, what, what were the particular moments that you thought uh, won it for your team, apart from the two goals? Oh, look, I think uh, pressure, on, pressure on the ball. Um, we know they're a ball-playing side, so we knew we had to be in their faces and uh, stop their ball-playing game. So... We made it a point from the start to uh, to get in their faces and, and close close down the spaces for for their midfielders because they can, they can be quite damaging if you uh, allow them to uh, get on the ball and um, create create you know and, and get their wide players involved. So uh, that was yeah that was the main message from the coach. Steve, we know that you guys are playing at a high standard, and it's not absolutely recognised all of the time that you guys are actually playing at a standard just below A League standard. But I'm wondering for you guys. How much of it is? How much of a buzz? Do you go to the ground nervous today? Is there a buzz about the fact that this is a really good opportunity to, to know, to be involved in something that is quite unique and could be quite special in terms of being able to go as far as you can in the competition? Yeah, look, definitely. I know I had I had quite a few butterflies in my stomach, and I've I've played in front of fifty thousand people before, so. Um, and, and I knew I had chat to a lot of the boys before the game and they were all sort of feeling the same. So, yeah, it's massive opportunity for, for the boys and, and, and the club in general. Um, you know, now that we've got through to the final eight, you know, hope, with any luck we draw an A-League side, um, to get an A-League side down here at the Village would be fantastic for the club and set the club up for many years to come. So, um, yeah, just just fantastic and great to get the win tonight. And Steve, do the, do the butterflies that you encounter on game day, are they matched by sort of, I don't know, that's, that anxiousness or anxiety or, or sort of sort of positive stress in, in in the training in the lead up, like how did the week go in the lead up to the game for you guys? No, look, the lead up was pretty relaxed to be honest with you. And I mean, look, we we've got another game, we've got a first finals game on Sunday, so um, yeah, another, we were going to get up for that one as well on Sunday. But you know, Cats, our coach, tried to keep it quite low key during the week um, and just went through a bit of shape basically and a bit of passing, and and that was it. So we just wanted to stay fresh for tonight's game. Steve, it's Carlos. Uh, now, I remember you as a kid coming through the ranks almost 15 years ago. You are a 16, 17-year-old yeah. playing at South Melbourne. Uh, in that time, uh, in between then and now, you played for victory, uh, of course, in, in front of big crowds and very successful victory sides, and now you're with Heidelberg. Do you find yourself 
sitting in a change room or at training with some of the younger blokes and now sharing your experiences and uh, and maybe being a bit of a calming influence for them? Oh, look, I try. I try. I'm not the most vocal uh, guy going around, as you probably know, Carlos. You've known me for a long time, as you said. <laughs> but I try and lead sort of by example more than anything. Um, but look, yeah, I do pull a couple of the boys aside from, from time to time if you know I feel like it's 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 needed. Um, and you know, we, we do have uh, we've got a, we've got a, a few boys that train with us um, on a regular basis, even in the youth team in, in this sorry in the reserves and the youth team that are coming through. So. Um, if just more more if I if, if I think it, you know it, it's a, it's needed um, yeah if maybe they're uh, they seem a bit a bit down on the night or just pull them aside and have a quick chat to them but generally more uh, just try and uh, lead by example. And Steve, without outing teammates too publicly, who's the most likely one of your team to actually think? I'm on national television here, you know, shop window football in terms of just putting on a bit of razzle-dazzle just in case there's, yeah. a, there's a fringe contract going at an A-League club. Which, which guy's the most likely one to, to go away from team discipline? Oh, I'd have to say one of the, I'd have to say Ruben Way. He's uh, one of the boys that's come down from Queensland this year. Um, yeah, he's, um, he's got a bit of flair about him. Doesn't 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 love tracking back to be honest. With you. <laughs> <laughs> just loves sort of getting the ball out in the wing uh, and, and running out plays more than anything. So uh, if I had to single one out, it'd probably be him. Pacey, tell me about uh, Dan Heffernan. Of course, uh, he's been in the news this week. It looks like Central Coast Mariners have offered him a deal or they're on the verge of offering him a deal and Heidelberg aren't happy because, mm-hmm. they're, uh, of course, they want to wish the young guy well uh, if he moves uh, to a higher level, uh, yep. but they want their compensation. Tell He was the one who scored the fastest goal in FFA Cup history, scoring yep. after 26 seconds tonight. Uh, yep. Obviously, he's a bit of a goal machine. He's a boy from Shep, too. He's a country boy. Uh, tell us about... Uh, uh, his qualities and uh, whether if he does go to the A League, he's uh, got enough uh, in the in, you know in the skills and uh, and the qualities to actually make it at that level. Yeah, definitely. Look, I've been at the club for two years now, and um, he's definitely good enough to make the cut. Um, he's a big boy, but he's he's very mobile and he's, he's fantastic in the air, and he's just he's a pure finisher. So I can just I mean he he finishes well in this league. So I can imagine with getting the service you get from an A League squad. Um, I don't think he'll have any, uh, any any issues banging in some goals at A-League level. Steve, uh, Vinny Venezuela here again. Um, he, the gaffer, George Katsakis, yep. his pep talks, <laughs> what what are they like and where does he take you? you know? oh, Jesus. They're quite famous, his pep talks. Look, are they? <laughs> yeah, look, he's, he's, he's a great motivator, Katz. Um, look, him and Jeff Oliver work really well together. Jeff's more of a tech, on the technical side of things where Katz just sort of, you know, really gets us up for games. Um, so the two together re- work really well and uh, the boys respect both of them, really, you know, really a lot. So, um, yeah, so I said, as I said, you know, um, great motivator, um, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, he's always uh, he's always there for, for a chat as well. He's always great, you know, you can always approach him and, 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 you know, come to his office and he's always hoped to have a chat to you. So, very much a player's coach, and um, yeah, he's he's been great for us this year. Has he got a particular story that he always comes <laughs> back to? You know, uh, just just trying to think. Um, not look, not really. He's pretty he's pretty creative. He comes up with sort of new things uh, every week. Actually, to be honest with you, wouldn't surprise me if he studies uh, studies new things every week to come up with something new for the boys. So he's pretty good in that way. Now, Steve Heidelberg's a proud club in their own right, with regards to their success in the old NSL competition. I'm wondering, 
as the club has less publicity because of the A-League, yep. what does this do for the club? And I suppose in a broader sense, the kids that are playing, you know, at the junior levels of the club and the guys that are aspiring to come through, it must have a real impact on the whole club in terms of, you know, the perception of themselves and the success and all that sort of stuff. No, definitely. Look, you know, I think tonight, sort of turn back the clock tonight for the club, you know, back in the day when they used to, they used to pull in big crowds, it's uh, sort of a step back towards towards those days. So, yeah, you look, grassroots level's massive at the moment, especially, you know, soccer in general. So, um you know, for us to get to win tonight and be on the you know on the national stage tonight, um, it's just it's it's going to be it's going to be massive for the club, uh, both grassroots and just getting people through the doors in general. So it's fantastic. Now, Matt, uh, now Stevie, just before we let you go, mate, you've got you're in the last eight now, and yep. uh, of course you want to go as far as in this competition as possible. But you, being the competitive animal that you are, <laughs> uh, if you draw an A League club, uh, would sorry, would you rather draw an A League club next up? Yep. Or would you want to wait till a final or a semi-final for that? Uh, or would you rather get another club that's uh, an NPL club uh, so you can have a better chance maybe of making that semi-final or final? Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, oh, just to be honest with you, it look, it'd be nice to go an extra step. It would be. Um, so as far as I know, we're through now and then there's two more. Is that right? Lower league sides that get through. Is that correct? Yeah, next, yeah, in, tomorrow, yeah, next yeah. week. Yep. Yeah, so look, there is a chance. Look, it'd be nice to go one more step and then maybe draw, you know, a Melbourne City or a Melbourne Victory at home. That, you know, that'd be fantastic uh, in the final, in the final four. So, yeah, look, if I had my way, maybe one more, one more softer draw would be fantastic, and then uh, come up against one of the big guns at home would be, would be awesome. So. Fantastic, Steve. Well, congratulations to you and uh, all our love to the Hotelbury boys. You've come a long way, had a great win tonight. Uh, I reckon uh, you guys can cause a bit of an upset uh, if you draw an A-League club next round. So good luck. Uh, pass on our best wishes to the guys and congratulations on tonight. Will do, guys. Thanks a lot for your time. No That's worries. Stephen Pace from Heidelberg United. Uh, obviously, an ex- Very uh, level-headed. He's a fantastic guy. Uh, uh, again, I had a little bit of an experience with him back uh, as a coach uh, back almost 15 years ago. And he's a fantastic uh, guy with great qualities back then. And he's had a terrific career playing for Melbourne Victory and also now Heidelberg United. Let's see who they draw in the next round. Let's take a break. And when we come back, Warren, you've got some really important stuff to talk about. Yep. TV rights. And yep. also, we'll talk a little bit more about the FA, FFA Cup tonight. This is the 4 Diego's here on 1116, SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. My centre half is so soft, he tackles with all the violence and bad intentions of Mahatma Gandhi. This has been a sad coaching moment by the four Diegos. On 1116, SEN, the four Diegos. Welcome back to the Four Diego's, and uh, it is now 28 minutes past 11. Coming up very, very soon is Mike McGrath, mm. our UK correspondent. Can't talk uh, about Liverpool for another 15 minutes. Very, very bullish about the Reds, it was Carlos. A, it was a draw. It was a, it was a beautiful it was set of numbers. It was an impotent draw. <laughs> beautiful impotent. Set. Zip, zip. It was a beautiful set of numbers. It was impotent. No, it wasn't an impotent. Anyway, Did you watch the game? We'll wasn't talk, impotent. We'll, we'll that was the most to, excitable, impotent draw I've ever seen. We will talk to Mike McGrath very, very soon. We will. Our UK correspondent. Yep. Of course, the FFA Cup games were played tonight. And Exciting. Course, do you want United. me to summarise? Just can you do it? Can you just do the scores without yep. any of your other? Adelaide two fluff. defeated Sydney FC one in extra time. Late goal to McGowan. Heidelberg United two. Heffernan, not the one I thought he was, <laughs> but another one. Two one. Fastest goal in history against. Uh, Against Sydney United, Perth Glory won 10 men for a long time, defeated the Lions of Brisbane nil. 
in Melbourne FC five, Wellington Phoenix. Isn't it one. Melbourne City? Melbourne City. Yeah, what does Melbourne say? FC? Melbourne FC. Melbourne City FC. Melbourne anyway, City. just before so, we go on to yeah, 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 the, uh, your topic tonight, yeah, yeah, yep. you want to talk about? Yeah, I do. Uh, are you going to make a call on Melbourne City after the few highlights we saw tonight? Oh yes, I'll make a call. What are you going to make? Um, they'll finish higher than victory on the ladder. Oh, <laughs> there no you way. go. <laughs> 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 you know, oh, don't you, you love that? Just when you drag okay. people in, you, you just in. You push oh, well, them away. If you Warren? want to put your money where your Vin- mouth Vin- is, Vinny. Vin- Vin- what? Hang on, another okay. a, a bottle of wine? Is another <laughs> bottle one? of wine. Yeah, another one. Yeah. That, that, that victory will, will yeah. end uh, up higher than About uh, half a dozen City. bottles. Yeah, last Not year, you, be... you had to give Vinny how many bottles? A fair few. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they were always late, and yes. the more I lost, yeah. the later they got. Well, it was very disappointing by Phoenix, but geez, Melbourne City just had it once. First half, oh, they ran right. Tuck, tuck. Beautiful. But anyway, uh, now Warren, of mm. course you were uh, supposed to be on half time today, <laughs> was, and you were yeah, cut at the was, last minute. Because yeah, actually, down. last minute, yes. very last but minute. But you're Carlos. big. You, you studied this topic. Yes, I did. And mm-hmm. you wanted to present it today. Yes, I but did. You didn't get a chance. No. So what do you want to talk oh, well, about? It's a very important topic in Australian football. Well, there was a couple of things, and for all our AFL, and I don't, I know SEN's big into their AFL, and we're big into all sports, and we get that, and we we get the opportunity to come on. But the first thing I'd like to say about the AFL and NRL deals, if anyone... TV deals. TV deals. If anyone who follows those two codes, and I do as well, think that the TV rights deal don't cover over the cracks with regards to the inability of lots of clubs in both those competitions to make money, they're kidding themselves. Without the money, the $2.5 billion or the $1.2 billion, there'd be NRL clubs and AFL, and AFL clubs that would be going under because they couldn't financially survive. And it does frustrate me sometimes that there's a sense that there's problem with A-League clubs, you know, in terms of their financial viability, when in fact, that's the lot of professional sporting teams in Australia. Without support, most often they don't survive. That's the first thing. But the second thing, Carlos, was, is this a problem for the A-League that this sort of money is going to the NRL and going to the and going to the AFL, particularly now when it's pretty much drawn down. You know, Channel Nine have now pretty much committed to NRL and and the cricket for the next however long. Channel Seven and Foxtel are pretty much the partners for the AFL as far as you know going forward for our now ever. Is there a worry that the A League that there's money running out? and that we're out of sync with the rights deal, yep. and is there going to be enough money going forward, or is the game just going to grow based on popularity and the money's going to be there? And does it make it less likely yep. to get free-to-air television coverage? I honestly believe people talk about the cake, right? And they think the cake is split up between uh, AFL and rugby and football soccer gets only a bit of it. I think there's a, there's a piece of the cake out there that's not even been mixed yet. I just think uh, when football um, does start reaching its potential, that's, you know, you're getting 20,000 people to every game, football, soccer, getting 20,000 people to every A-League game. Your sponsors who are interested, who are investing in that, at, you know, at whatever level they're doing at the moment, will invest at, 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 by way of TV you know, sponsorship or advertising, whatever it is. The, the TV networks, they pay what they do because they think they're going to recoup the money through sponsorship and uh, and, and deals with 
corporates. And uh, otherwise, they wouldn't be doing it. It's all, it, they're profit-making enterprises, so they wouldn't be doing it if they didn't think that, the, that there would be sponsors out there that would pay for it. I still believe that there are many, many sponsors out there not investing in any sport at the moment or thinking of, uh, of you know, transversing to other sports. And I think football, when it reaches its potential and... You get serious interest, ongoing interest from the likes of your Channel 9s and Channel 7s. I think that they will enjoy, um, you know, a lot more money than they're getting now. I'm not saying they're going to get $2.5 billion, but that's something that if numbers and popularity of the game, you know, keeps on in- improving and expanding in the next 20 years or so, why, why wouldn't they be able to get that? Do you think uh, the A-League is a niche market still? No, no, I think no, I think that it, uh, people actually know about the game. They, uh, they all, everyone follows. Uh, you know, all people who love their sport in Australia follows an EPL side. So the game of football is very, very much in the consciousness of people in Australia. Now the A League, I think is also in the consciousness, but not necessarily dragging people to those games. But everyone knows, they probably watch the grand final, they know the big names in, in the league. Much better than the old NSL, for example. There was a lot of people who loved their sport who didn't know much about the old NSL and probably had the perception of being a, 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 a league where people are fighting each other all the time. Well, there's, I mean, I think you need to look at the newspapers only to understand that there's big brand recognition around the A-League now. If you look at the amount of pages that are dedicated to the A-League. But here's the thing, Carlos. Are the free-to-air networks going to be wooed by the international product, which is the Champions Cup, and which is now going to be an ever-ending stream of very high-profile teams coming to Australia for pre-seasons because of the fact that they sell and there's greater recognition, far better than Asia and all those other areas. But are they going to be happy with that little fill, you know, that taster, in lieu of having football as part of their sporting package and maybe not go after the A-League competition, which is really what we want to sell the game on? Yep. Is that a worry? No, no, it's not because you know what will happen? And it's sort of almost going back to the old Packer World Series cricket days. Uh, If Channel 9 come on board and they're serious about it, they're going to be asking or even funding as part of the TV rights deal Funding. They saw what Cristiano Ronaldo did in the middle of the AFL football season when he came here, the amount of exposure he got in the media. They're going to want to plough enough money into the sport where they can start bringing players, and this is a dream, but bringing players almost in their prime big-name players, to Australia. And maybe every club having one of these, not a Cristiano Ronaldo necessarily, but there are plenty of players who are well-known and would drag people through the gates uh, from all nationalities, and they would make sure that there's enough money for real marquee players who are in the prime of their career or at least maybe at the top of their career, maybe going down the other way, but still add a lot of value. And, I mean, we've seen it with the MLS at the moment, mm. and we've seen it for many, many years. They've got the money that's dragging the Thierry Henrys and all those sort of players uh, to that, you know, Stephen Gerrard. Lampard. I mean, someone like, someone like a Stephen Gerrard, how many, if he came to Melbourne City or Gosh. Melbourne Victory, how many, or Sydney FC, uh. how many people would be rocking up to that game every, they'd be, they'd be clo- close to, they'd be close to 30 or 40,000, and that's conservative, every game if they got a Stevie Gerrard. Why, when he left Liverpool, he went to America and not Australia? Because of the money. It wouldn't have been any other reason, okay? 
if the Channel 9s of this world, Channel 7, really invest in the game, that's what they'll demand, that they'll be bringing those sort of players to Australia where they'll fill stadiums and they'll get the TV ratings. That's, I'm pretty sure that that's got to be the strategy. The other thing, I know in the green room you're a little bit concerned, Warren, about the possibility that if they did get the football, would it just be about the football? Would they, would they build the culture surrounding yeah. the game yep. and the, the pre- and post-game shows? And I think that... Um, Thanks to SBS, and, and I think uh, they've done a great job with football and continue to do a great job with football while they've got it. And thanks to Foxtel, who also have sort of embraced the, the brand the brand and, and developed it. I don't think you can get those rights without building other products around it because I think that's how you keep the interest and you keep the bums on seats for longer watching your TV show. And I, and I think t- television stations now are, are very sensitive to the fact that they've got to capture an audience and keep their audience, whether it's on their you know, first station or second or third. As long as they've got you in, they can sell, the, they can market it. Because I look... You know, Vinny and Carlos, you've been in the game a long time and I see it every Sunday when I go and watch my daughter play. I mean, I live in a growing area in, in the western suburbs and there's 1,500 kids playing for Point Cook under the age of 16 years of age and that's a club that's gone from zero to 1,500 kids in five years. That's mm. the sort of growth that you're talking in an area. Now, the challenge is getting those kids, putting enough pressure to take to, for them their parents to want to take them to an A-League game because I can guarantee you, they were buying tickets to go and see Real Madrid and Roma and Man City play in the Champions Cup. It's just that crossover. Now, is that television? Is that just, you know, the game growing naturally and the brand growing? I mean, that's the intangible. And I suppose it's going to be when those kids are independent enough to actually be able to travel themselves and go to a game, are they going to take themselves off to the game? Because if that happens, it's going to grow exponentially just through participation, breeding interest, breeding, you know, spectators, building the game. I'm getting a sense through Channel 7's involvement with the All-Star Games. You know, I think Man U and I think, uh, who that, they played Liverpool? I mean, the last yeah. couple of years they, they've had a few of the yeah, All-Star Tottenham, um, Tottenham. Tottenham, yeah. Yep. And also Channel 9's coverage of the ICC. I think that there was respect shown in the products. Mm. Whereas, uh, you know, back in the old NSL when Channel 7 had the rights there for a while and... Uh, and they just uh, warehouse those uh, those games and warehouse the product. I don't think we'll ever see that disrespect shown to the game again. This is a bona fide game. A lot of people are interested in it, and I think they might be seeing it as like a real commercial proposition right now. So uh, I personally believe if they get involved, part of the, the partnership, if you like, is to bring those big names to make sure there's enough bang for their buck in their investment. If you don't have that, if you have an A-League the way it is right now, which is still a good competition, but no big names, no no huge names, yep. um, I, I just don't see a Channel 9 or a Channel 7 investing in that. But again, if, you, if you're able to bring a, uh, you know, a Stevie Gerrard over or, um, or you know, so, players who are so well-known and loved around the world but can still play, if you can, if you can manage to bring those guys over and even turn them over every year, uh, that's when you'll soon find out uh, how the investment dollar they'll find the cake will get bigger, Warren. Mm. Yeah, it'll get much bigger, and that's where you'll get the money to because to pay these big bucks. To players the have got to be paid. Clubs have got to be viable. We've got to build the competition by at least two teams. You know, and here's the thing. You know, you talk about the AFL. They pretty much funded two teams out of their own pocket through TV rights. You know, that's what it is. They're fully funded and, clubs, and they will continue to fund them. Football, soccer is very different mm. because. 
everywhere around Australia, the game is being played. So a team being propped up the way the Gold Coast are, GWS, in difficult markets, uh, you know, the, the parochialism yep. of rugby in those markets compared to AFL, you don't have that with soccer. Soccer's played everywhere. Yep. And, not, and again, it's not as popular in the big areas as, say, an AFL is. In, in those, but at the same time, uh, the, the potential for a club to thrive in, in all around Australia is, is quite big. I wonder whether it's – I think AFL and footy is interesting because you're kind of born and you, you take on a footy team whether you played footy or not. You know, I, That's certainly the case with me and a lot of people I know. I never played footy, but I everyone's got a team in Melbourne. And I wonder with uh, whether with world football and soccer – because we've got so many more people playing it, boys and girls, at some point you're going to get a critical mass of people who are going to go to the games because that's the thing they understand. They, yep. they, mm. they, they've they played the game. They've, they've got an opinion. I think world football has been interesting because I think the Australian public has been uh, educated very, very quickly in a very short amount of time since we made the World Cup the first time. We've had a lot of intense uh, exposure to the game and so people have come on board, which has been exciting and, and they sort of wander in and wander out. But then you've got your, your hardcore fans who, who know the game and have probably been involved in the game since they were young. Mm. And we, with that growing, as you say, if, if Point Cook's yeah. got 1,500 kids playing at the moment, in five years, six years, you're going to have 1,500 more people going to games. And yeah. I think the model, the recent model that you can compare it to is netball. You know, the way that Trans-Hasman Cup has got girls who play netball going to watch the games, you know, on a Sunday, that's what football's got to get in terms of that crossover between participation and support of your team in your town that you've got to make. And if you get that, yep. and I'm, it's all around scheduling and a whole range yep. of different things, but I think it can happen. But I worry... I just hope there's enough pie there, Carlos, no, no, as you've the, said. The pie is going to get bigger. You're just going to give them a product uh, and, and give the confidence to the TV networks to that if they're going to invest in this thing, that they're going to get something out of it. And the only way in Australia you can get something out of it is tapping into, uh, and I don't like saying this, but the Liverpool factor and the Man U factor and the Chelsea factor. And, you know, that's what gets people really excited. We saw that in the huge crowds that rocked up to the MCG. Uh, you know, Real Madrid, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, everyone was talking they about were it. charging for training. Yeah, absolutely. And people were paying it. Yep. So this is where um, I think in any package... Any TV rights package, you've got to allow the TV networks to invest in getting these big name players here. Also, it's a it's a Kerry Packer World Series cricket. Um, you know, you you build it and everyone will come. That's for sure. Anyway, interesting discussion there, uh, driven by Warren. A serious discussion too. Warren, have you solved any of the problems? Um, no, no, no. But I know <laughs> Melbourne City scored five goals tonight, so there you go. Fantastic. Anyway, let's take a break. After the break, we've got Mike McGrath from the UK, and I'm going to try and make it a Liverpool-free zone. Okay. Good luck with that, if I can. This is the Four Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. The overwhelming fish theme in the Grimsby Town Football Club logo pays homage to the town's now redundant reputation as one of Europe's leading fishing ports. Although the fishermen are now gone and the fish are those that John West rejects, the mariners have continued to carry the history of the town on their crest in the form of three fish in a trawler. Rumours that the club is proposing that an image of minimum chips, four potato cakes and two dim sims be also introduced in the logo design is yet to be confirmed however. This has been a useless trivia moment by the Four Diego's.
Welcome back, everyone. This is the Four Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Now 12 minutes to midnight. Uh, some interesting stuff off the SMS that we'll address after our next uh, chat with our man over there in the UK, Mike McGrath. Good evening to you, Mike. Hi, guys. Actually, in Belgium. Oh, in Belgium. Right in the UK at the moment. Absolutely. So, um, are you there for uh, a game I'm, or are you just partying in Belgium? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm in Bruges. Um, the, like the film, um, <laughs> but it's uh, Manchester United tonight. They, they, they're three-one up from the first leg, um, and they're over here in Bruges, um, trying to seal their place in the Champions League uh, group stages because uh, they finished fourth after they a qualifier. Um, so that's uh, that's where I am at the moment. Uh, with me tonight, uh, Mike, is uh, Vinny Venezuela and Warren Diego. Vinny wants to go first with the first question. Yes, let's keep the theme on Man U. Uh, Mike, are they prongless? Have they got enough up front? You know, that the, 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 the draw on the weekend. I was, I was there at Old Trafford and it was really, it was really sluggish up front. Uh, no problems at the back, but just going forward, a game like the Newcastle game, just cried out for somebody like Pedro, um, which obviously they lost out on. And I think it's a big few games for them because I, I, I don't think they've got enough up front. I think really needs a bit of help up there. Uh, and they need they need somebody similar to Memphis on one on, on the other side to what uh, Memphis the, the five, uh, plays on. So uh, I think they've got, after this, obviously this game's worth um, about £50 million by, uh, by like the estimate. They've also got a massive couple of days after that to try and get somebody in before the transfer deadline. Mike, uh, now why Manchester United, you know, reputedly in the top three biggest clubs in the world, they've got Louis van Gaal as a manager, uh, they've got money in the bank and, and there's all sorts of reports that they're willing to spend their money, uh, yet they've only got two recognised strikers of which both are firing blanks at the moment. Um, why can't they recruit? I mean, Pedro, I mean, uh, Eric Woodward was over there negotiating a deal with Barcelona and Chelsea comes in at the 11th hour and uh, really pinches him uh, from them. Uh, why can't they, um, at the moment, you know, track those, that, that big-name player, a, a player that they would be you know, expected to bring in to win things? Well, I think at the moment there's a couple of things. First is the, the shortage of number nine. Oh, Look at the players that United might want to get in. Harry Kane isn't going anywhere at Spurs. Determined to keep hold of him for whatever price. Um, you look at Benzema; he's he's staying as well. So you look around. There's not any number nines to actually target or, or strikers to target. So that's a limited pool. Then obviously you've got Ed Woodward, who's really under pressure to get a deal done. And they say at you know Van Harlen saying that there's no tension between the two, but I mean the proof is in the pudding. Really, he hasn't brought home uh, the deal that United want, um, and the deal that they did get a year ago, Angel Di Maria, has flopped badly. So it's uh, I think it's a combination of the two. It's a combination of availability and the fact that they just haven't got those deals over the line when they should have. I think they, in my opinion, I think they should have wrapped up Pedro immediately. Uh, for twenty odd million pound is nothing really for Man U. That uh, and if they were haggling over um, a few million, it was silly. Uh, particularly as now he's gone to a direct rival if they if they've got pretensions of the title, and, and he and he looks like um, a kind of title winning player. 
Mike Gavini again, in your opinion, was it time for Van Persie to go or, or should he have stayed a bit longer? Because the, sorts of, the sort of things he can do when he's in form is exactly the sort of stuff they're missing. I mean, I I think they probably saw the writing was on the wall for Van Persie. I watched him a fair bit last season and it seemed he was slowing down their play a lot. When he got the ball up front, it took him a while to get it out of his feet and get get moves get moves working. So I, I don't think that he was really the type of player that they that they desperately need to progress as a as a team. But obviously, you look at it now and you think, well, there's only Rooney there and Hernandez, and you're looking at maybe playing Janisai up front, and you think, well, maybe. Van Persie would have been all right um, for another season, but I do, I do think that, that you know the writing was on the wall last year. It looked like they'd lost faith in in what he was able to do, and he certainly was like the shadow of the striker he was when he banged in uh, twenty odd goals and they won the seat, uh, they won the title. Now, Mike Carlos was determined to make this a Liverpool free zone, but I'm not going to. I'm just going to say that my sense of the importance of the signing of James Milner for Liverpool in terms of his ability to play deep and he's made Lovren and Skirtle look far better in partnership when he's played in that sort of holding role when Henderson played. He played a little bit more forward on the on the weekend against Arsenal and he really linked up beautifully with Coutinho and Firmino in terms of his passing ability and just his work rate. So far he seems to me to have made such a difference to the way that Liverpool can compete against maybe some of the bigger teams and maybe go away and, and, and not concede, which has been their problem in previous years. Yeah, I, mean, I agree that I think Milner's a fantastic signing and there, there is a reason why Man City were prepared to offer him um, a lot of money to stay and it, it wasn't a, uh, a money decision that he, that he left. I think he's been desperate to, to play regular football. I think... From speaking to him over the last couple of years, the, the the kind of torment that he's got is whether he wants to win five trophies playing 350 games or whether he wants to go through his whole career and get close to a thousand games, which I think he can. I think he's I think he improves Liverpool's team without a doubt. Whether they've got they've got uh, everything elsewhere to really be a top four team kind of remains to be seen. I think it's still a bit of a working process there. I don't think they're going to do much more in the next week unless something really surprises me. I think that that's going to be Rogers' squad. Uh, I think he's been a good, a really good acquisition. Good on you, Mike. Uh, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, in when in Belgium, what you, how do you spend your downtime very quickly? I suppose I've got to like eat some waffles or something. Yeah, it's good waffles over there in, in Belgium. There's a couple of good beer houses too, just quietly. I'm sure. Yeah, after the game, I might be able to throw throw one or two down. Good on you, mate. On your mic. uh, We'll speak to you again next week. Cheers, guys. That's Mike McGrath, our UK correspondent. Let's take a break and come back and uh, take the show home. Here on the Four Diego's 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sports. On 1116 SEN, the Four Diego's. Welcome back. Uh, This is the Four Diego's. At uh, two minutes to midnight, of course, after the Diego's, Benny Jones is up next with All Night Appetite, so stick around for him. Warren, very, very quickly. Oh, just, uh, I love SMSs like this. Carlos is missing the point. I just <laughs> don't need to say any more, but other than the fact that I just love SMSs like that. Yeah, but basically saying that, uh, you know, you've got to have it on free to wear. Yeah, because then, because then the yeah. Aaron Moyes and yep. some of the other guys that you don't see as being 
marketable yeah, but, become uh, marketable? If you don't, if you have SBS and ABC, as much as we love them doing it, you're not going to get you're the not, audience anyway. It's not anyway. mainstream It's enough. got to be Channel 9, got to be Channel 7. They've got to be excited about the product. That's when it, get, that's when it really takes off. Yep. Anyway, um, we have a little bit more time, I think. Do we? Uh, Warren, just a little bit more time. <laughs> I think uh, you okay. didn't speak as long as I thought you were going to speak. Oh, no, no. I mean, there's a lot of, I think, the vibe about the A-League is good. The general perception of the competition and the general perception of the game is fantastic. I think the fact that the Socceroos are doing really well helps. You know, I'd be really interested to see how many people get to that game in Perth. I mean, Bangladesh is not a high-profile team, but you'd like to... It's a great stadium over there, that NIB stadium where the Perth Glory play. They should be getting... 20,000 people to that game, shouldn't yeah, they? I think things are very, very different than what they used to be with the Socceroos. I mean, I still remember, you know, 15 years ago where uh, where we used to not get anyone for yep. those games, but you're still, there's enough credibility in the, in the brand so. at the moment for that uh, yep. to um, to actually get a few people through the gate. Anyway, that's been the Four Diego's, uh, and uh, don't forget, Benny Jones is up next, all, all, all Night Appetite, so remember, Vinny. Wherever Puerto Rican girls hang out. We'll, we'll be there. Wherever you samba, rumba, and la bamba. We'll, we'll be there. Wherever there are girls with fruit on their handballs at their feet. We'll, we'll be there. Wherever Gungos play football. We'll, we'll be, be there. there. We are the Four Diego's. Olé. Olé.